Did you know that most vitamin D3 supplements come from sheep's wool? I'm Kat, founder of Ritual. We're making traceability the new standard for the supplement industry. When I was pregnant, I couldn't find a multivitamin I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested, and clean label project certified. Oh, and our vitamin D3? It comes from sustainably harvested lichen from England, not sheep. Trace for yourself with 25% off at ritual.com slash podcast. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Would you build a house without a foundation? Would you have a child and not name it? Would you live a stranger squat on your property? No, of course not. So why should the internet be any different? Every week, speak with top domain experts. Learn how to make money with domains. Know your legal rights. Each week, join our expert host to be master of your domain. Right here on Domain Masters. Hello, everyone. This is Monty Khan. Welcome to Domain Masters. Another great week uh, passed us by. My son's now almost two weeks old, Jackson Reed Khan, and doing great. Uh, and uh, my wife's healing up quite well. So uh, I want to say hello to my uh, my beautiful wife, I think, who's listening tonight. And uh, my parents are in town. They're listening to the radio show as well. I got some great guests on tonight. Um, the folks that are the founders of what was a Deal Jam LLC is now called Internet Real Estate Group. Um, this group of uh, entrepreneurs uh, are responsible for some of the largest domain sales uh, in history. And uh, names like beer.com, shop.com, diamond.com, telephone.com, computer.com, all of which they have sold uh, to large Fortune 1000 companies for millions and millions of dollars. They have now turned into buyers of domain names uh, more than sellers, and we're going to learn a lot about their business, what... uh, what the Internet Real Estate Group, LLC, is doing these days. Uh, they're also going to be the um, keynote speakers at the upcoming traffic event uh, in Delray Beach, Florida, in October. And, um, and hopefully they can give us some tips and tricks about, uh, about um, the valuations of domain name inventories and what's making the market really heat up right now. And it is heating up quite a bit. So uh, we're going to break for a couple commercials. We'll be right back with Internet Real Estate, LLC. A rose by any other name would still be the same. Move over. 
remember, Shakespeare, you need to differentiate yourself from your competition. Do it by aligning yourself with a company who has earned the trust of Jupiter Media, the NHL, and Lionsgate Films, among others. Moniker.com is the most secure ICANN accredited register on the planet, offering you domain registration, hosting, domain sales, and acquisition services. Wrap that up with 24-7 support. That's your winning combination. M-O-N-I-K-E-R.com. More than a name. It's all about links, baby. Content is king, but links are what you need to get you those all-important organic search listings. Float to the top of your keyword listings within the major portals while driving targeted traffic to your website at the same time. Work with a company with a proven track record for delivering results for thousands of individual website owners and major Fortune 500 companies. TextLinkAds.com is your source for securing relevant links. Baby, TextLinkAds.com. Domain Masters. The big news yesterday was that Bill Cosby won the domain name FatAlbert.org. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, hey, hey. I think it's a relevant case because uh, he was able to justify the fact that he created the character and therefore he was entitled to it. Domain Masters, Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on Webmaster Radio. Commercials off. Now back to Domain Masters. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the show. Again, this is Monty Khan, your host, and welcome to Domain Masters. This week, my special guests are Andrew Miller and Mike Zappi Zeppelin from Internet Real Estate Group, LLC. Uh, as I mentioned before, this group owns some of the largest and uh, most valuable real estate on the net, and they've been responsible for the largest sales uh, in the history of the web as well. Uh, as I said before, names like beer.com, shop.com, diamond.com, telephone.com, computer.com, and many others have all been under their ownership, and they currently have uh, such properties um, as chocolate.com, podcast.com, podcasting, uh, relationship.com, shop.com, uh, wireless.com, and, uh, and a bunch of others. So uh, uh, these guys actually know what they're doing, and, um, and uh, we hope to learn a lot uh, from their business tonight. Uh, Andrew Mike, are you on board? We yeah. are here. Hey, great. Well, uh, uh, nice to finally meet you in person on the phone. I know, Andrew, you and I have ex- exchanged a lot of emails and actually spoken to each other in the past when we were talking about uh, some of the domain sales and uh, have been involved in the industry for about the same period of time with each other. Absolutely. And I, before I even say that, Monty, I wanted to congratulate you on Jackson and say my son Brett's out there listening, too. He's four, so I wanted to say hi to him. You opened the door by bringing up your Jackson thing, so I thought I would just do a quick hello out there, Brett. Oh, well, <laughs> hey, Brett, how are you doing? Welcome thing. to Domain Masters. Hopefully uh, hopefully, the Jacksons of the world and, uh, and the Bretts of the world will become uh, domainers just like we are exactly. and uh, make a lot of money doing this. Exactly. Uh, yeah, so why don't, you, uh, why don't you guys begin giving me a little bit of background uh, on, on yourselves. Uh, perhaps, Andrew, you can go first, and then Mike. Uh, just um, how you got uh, into the business, what, uh, how you met each other, um, some of the initial um, properties that you own. Just give us a little background about the business, and, and then we can go from there. I will, uh, this is Andrew. I'll let Mike lead that off, and we'll pick back up from there. Okay. All right. So this is Zappy. How are you? Um, basically, you know, Andy and I met at uh, Drexel Burnham. We were both on Wall Street and wound up uh, when Drexel had met its fate. We went over to Bear Stearns, and we're both vice presidents over there, had a or, successful careers on Wall Street, but we were we both felt like we were very entrepreneurial and wanted to, as we were talking to our clients about what companies they should own and what industries they should be in, both of us felt like we, if we were going to offer that type of advice, it 
probably would make the most sense if we were talking about our own companies that we really had hands-on experience with. Right. So we, we split off from there and decided to get into the very uh, beginnings of the infomercial business. And uh, obviously, that's a direct marketing business, and it, infomercial business was very young at the time, um, early 90s, and Andy and I uh, saw an opportunity where traditional infomercials were sort of hawking products at the time. We came up with a hybrid type of infomercial that was half infomercial, half show. So it was kind of providing good content and at the same time allowing people who were interested to buy products. Oh, that's cool. Did you did you guys um, sell a, a, a lot of different products, or did you focus on one segment of products? The goal was actually to both get ratings uh, as well as sell product and really bring the infomercial to the Fortune 500 to establish brands to groups like you know National Football League teams, major rock bands, you know, establish trademarks and bring them into uh, TV. And you know, if you really Fast forward to today, almost everything's an infomercial. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean there's if some, you look at the, you know, there's some famous infomercials that were pretty high or, in know, the movie Space Jam was really the first one that the whole movie was designed to be an infomercial, and this was really the early stages of that. Uh, so I can kind of tell you a little bit about the specifics, but uh, the, the goal was to basically attract ratings while selling product. Cool. Okay. The, um, you know, the... What, what sort of elevated things from there was the industry was so young that we wound up getting a call from the Today Show and Katie Couric, and I actually went on there myself and um, spoke to Katie about infomercials. And at the end of the segment, uh, she was sort of beating up on infomercials and saying that they were kind of schlocky and on late at night and all kinds of things like that. Uh, so at the end of the segment, I figured, you know, never going to be back on this show, so I might as well give out our 800 number, <laughs> which uh, turned out to be one, our phone number for, uh, by coincidence was one eight hundred seven seven today. Oh, really? Uh, <laughs> phones went ballistic. We were getting, you know, we get hundreds of phone calls every time the show played in each time zone. Um, so from that, you know, back at the office, everybody's answering the phones, and we called through all those leads, and within there, Diana Ross had been listening to the show and, and called, and Time Warner, and all kinds of very interesting people who had their own products that wanted to market directly to their own, um, you know, their own fan base. So as we did that, we started to get more and more successful. We started to have, started to do more traditional infomercials. Um, and as that became more successful, we realized that the hardest part about the infomercial business is that it's very expensive to make the television shows, and it's very expensive to buy the airtime. Right. So Andy and I were thinking, God, the holy grail of the infomercial business would really be if we could find a way to our own television network, our own network, where we could play our direct response and have 24-hour ordering. So in 1997, as we started to see the infomercial, uh, rather the Internet, taking shape, we thought, oh, my God, this could be our own 24-hour network with 24-hour ordering. Uh, it seemed like the natural evolution of the infomercial. Um, so, you know, sort of the critical thinking there was to, between ourselves, and we said rather than trying to come up with, you know, Andy and Mike's beer site or uh, Mike and Andy's diamond site or whatever it was, we thought to ourselves, uh, you know, that's the same amount of process that it would take to, you know, do an infomercial what if we were to own a category domain name like beer.com? It would have natural traffic as the Internet took 
more shape. It would get more traffic. As other people started to advertise their .com, it would get even more credibility and more traffic. And ultimately, if it was a big enough category for advertisers or marketers, if we spent some time developing it, that um, we'd, be in an op- we'd be in a situation to either sell a lot of advertising or, or sell the property itself. Right. Now, now when you guys acquired um, beer.com, now did you buy it in the aftermarket or, did you, or were you one of the ones that registered it from scratch? Uh, that was an aftermarket. I mean, pretty much Andy and I, not being the techies, have never been, were never the guys who acquired these properties by you know typing them into Network Solutions. So what happened was I basically did a, a list of you know I call it my Super Bowl test, which is if we were going to go into an, uh, an industry, a category, and try to own it, it had to be a big enough category where somebody would market themselves at the Super Bowl in order to make it worth our taking the time to build. So when you, when you think of the Super Bowl, you think of beer and computers and diamonds and insurance and cars and things like that. We made our list. And, um, and just to add you know, to that, that a list and that criteria obviously has evolved significantly from 1997 to today. Oh, yeah. Certainly since everything's happened on the web, both the boom and the bust, and now what we're seeing, the insurgence of the online advertising and uh, how valuable domain names really are. Correct. And which ones we you know pursue and you know how we do that, the criteria and the and we got a fairly significant formula for criteria, and you know that usually determines whether we make a move on one or not. Uh, it's a little different from what it was back then. Back then it was just a little more wild, wild west. Although it's still somewhat wild, wild west. It was a little bit more wild, wild west back then, and um, like everything, obviously. Right, right. So, at, so at just give us an idea, it was like kinda, you know, just to tell you how we got there. I mean, I you know typed in beer.com into the browser, and up came you know kind of a an amateur-ish site, something that somebody had been doing as a hobby, uh, you know, pictures of a guy who owned it and his friends throwing up and, uh, <laughs> you know, all kinds of uh, uh, homegrown content. So we knew somebody that's in the liquor promotions business and approached the domain owner and said to him, hey, how'd you like to sell us beer.com and, you know, we'll, we'll go out and develop this, we'll give you some cash. The person who took it was a young guy, smart enough to realize that uh, the Internet was going to develop. So he didn't want to sell the whole thing. And at the same time, we thought the value would change enough where, you know, we wanted to have him involved so, he, you know, there was no problem later on down the line. So basically, you know, we, all, we gave him $80,000 uh, for 80% of beer.com back in 98. Uh, people were telling us we were out of our minds paying that much money for nothingness. <laughs> and um, so we, we, we acquired the site. He kept 20% and was very happy, went off to Breckenridge to go skiing. And uh, what happened was we, Andy and I, one of our sort of modus operandi is to uh, let the press know about what we're doing. So rather than having to go out and, you know, talk, approach 20 beer companies, we put out some press about what we were doing at beer.com, the fact that, you know, you could rate your favorite beer, you could get brewing tips, you could uh, get a free at beer.com email, and... Um, Hangover so, remedies. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so, as we put the press out, we got calls from all the beer companies and uh, in, had, you know, had conversations with a bunch of them, wound up talking, to getting a call from McKinsey up in Toronto, who said... We represent Interbrew, a $5 billion beer company. Why don't you come up here and, and have a conversation about how we could participate as advertisers or as partner? So literally probably 90 days after buying it uh, for $80,000, Interbrew bought it for $7 million. And they, so, bought, they bought 100% of it? They bought 100%. 
um, their feeling was, you know, we, we were interested in developing it with them and alongside them and had some pretty interesting plans for development, but the reality was they said to us, at the end of the day, we might put a lot of money into this, and um, in the beer business, if you can get 1% of your the population to convert over to your, your beer, that's like a billion-dollar swing. Wow, that is, that's, a, that's a great story. I mean, that's one yeah. of those stories that, uh, that uh, the domainers from the past uh, will definitely get a kick out of, and, of course, the new domainers for sure. I mean, and, and the NDA and that one is gone now, so we can talk about it finally. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, when we when we sold um, when we sold autos dot com for two point two million dollars, people thought it was nuts too. <laughs> yep, and it, it so was obviously crazy. Andy and I, our next step was you know day after we signed the deal and took our check was to run you know go out and and go after all the other categories that we'd had on our list. Now, um, now at that time, did you just have beer dot com and you were you were going to do that was your litmus test, or did you acquire a couple others at the same time and then that was, no, it at that time. That was the litmus test. That was the litmus test. So you got a you got a top brand, you spent the money, you turned around and and uh, and made a, a shitload of money back, and then and then uh, then it was time to go out and and start acquiring the properties. Exactly. Uh, and, uh, I wouldn't even know, say that. At that point, we were still kind of um, target. Uh, target shooting one bullet versus going crazy. Um, and yeah, I mean, it, 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 the idea was to figure out next, you know, what category was going to be changed by the Internet. Um, and so Andy and I's theory on Diamond.com was, at the time, again, when we acquired Diamond.com, people were saying, well, nobody's ever going to buy a diamond over the Internet. That's ridiculous. <laughs> um, but, you know, we thought to ourselves, you know, there's so much process from the mining the diamond to cutting it and then, you know, refining it and retailers and wholesalers and everything in between, that if the Internet could condense that down, that process, that, um, you know, this would be an incredible tool and, and diamonds would be sold on the Internet. Right, and, and they certainly are today. Yes. So in that, you know, Andy and I went down, we put out our press and wound up getting a call from all the diamond companies at the time. This, again, this was 1999, so we were heading into the real bubble. Got calls from Miadora, Mondera, Ashford, Odemo, literally every company. De Beers. Up talking to De Beers. Uh, and there again, you know, I think this is an important point is, at the time, De Beers said to us, we don't think we, we want to disrupt our direct channel. We don't want to, we probably won't pay as much money and they actually offered three point five million dollars, and, and under the premise that they don't know if what they would ever use it for or ever go direct, so they can't risk paying more. And we turned that down, obviously. But that was right. Now uh, you end up selling that domain name for six million, right? Yeah, we took we took cash and stock for that because again, we we uh, the company was close to a Bear Stearns IPO. Andy and I had both been at Bear Stearns, and uh, at the time. It was it was literally the bubble. I mean, a lot of companies offered us more money than we took, but what we did was we wound up going through and evaluating who they were, what their plan was, and what happened was as we evaluated them, we sort of did a you know an interview process with all of them, and some of them looked like venture capital backed uh, opportunities. Some looked a little bit like smoke and mirrors, but the Odemo situation, who we wound up selling it to. Uh, were backed by one of De Beers' largest site holders. The management uh, had been running the kiosks at Sam's Clubs, the jewelry counters at Sam's Club, and successfully taken that public. And service so, merchandise as well. Yeah, and so Andy and I, you know, evaluated that and said, hey, you know, if, the, if there's a bubble or if it takes a long time or maybe, you know, there's just we're reading this, the time 
you know, frame wrong, we still think these guys are going to be in business years from now, and some of these other guys may not who are offering us more cash and more stock. Right, um, right. And so Diamond.com right now, I see, um, uh, it looks like a pretty cool site. I'm just you know, logging I mean, in and looking at to, it. Um, uh, I happen to know these dates cold because my we signed the deal on the night of my rehearsal dinner at my own wedding, uh-huh. uh, April, April 7th of 2000, and uh, they were 16 days-ish or so from a supposed IPO. Uh, somewhere in between the 7th and that 16 days is when the, the bubble really blew. Right. And everybody pulled their S1 filings and their IPOs, and uh, these guys hunkered down and raised some more money and had good backers and stayed in the game, and they did. Uh, they went public at 9 bucks a share through CIBC Oppenheimer in uh in February of this year, and unfortunately, the stock's at two bucks. But uh, uh, I think they'll be back. You know, they're a smart management team with a great track record, and uh, probably went public a little too early, but did want to get out. So, right. Well, uh, heck, the the fact that they're still around after being um, you know after clearly being the number two player the is, is, uh, is a huge uh, huge success right there on its own. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, definitely. So, you know, that that's sort of been our modus operandi. I mean, you know, the bubble, obviously, people were just absolutely throwing money, and, and Andy and I went looking for categories, and that's where Computer.com came into the mix. And Andy and I, uh, you know, worked to uh, bring investors together to help fund that. And uh, the, the idea was that we had seen Jeff Taylor of Monster.com, the founder, launch his Monster brand at Super Bowl the year before very successfully and had a you know, billion-dollar market cap at that point. Right. So we said to ourselves, well, Computer.com, which came with the 800 number, 1-800-COMPUTER, um, a brilliant guy in uh, Silicon Valley had the foresight 19, uh, actually in the 80s, to take 1-800-COMPUTER when they released the phone number. And then when he saw the .com domains come out in 94 or so, he registered Computer.com. So Andy and I thought, wow, this is, you know, an opportunity to... Uh, put a good management team in there and have an asset that are, you know, the brands are literally a call to action to buy computers and computers are what you're looking at the internet on. So, you know, maybe we can pull a Jeff Taylor, do a Super Bowl ad and, um, and, and make, you know, cause that same type of instant brand to happen. Right. And you had the funding to do a Super Bowl ad because you sold, uh, well, you sold beer.com, shop.com, diamond.com all before that, and telephone.com before that that uh, that deal, correct? Uh, not all before that, no. Um, you know, diamond.com, beer.com, um, computer.com was in that same window. Uh, telephone that, was in the same window. But obviously you had the funds to you had the funds to hunker down and, and spend, the, spend the money for a Super Bowl ad thinking yeah. that you were going to get that return. Exactly. So we figured to ourselves, uh, you know, we, we convinced Jeff Taylor to come aboard, and he came on as an investor and uh, uh, another partner uh, who became the CEO, um, a guy named Mike Ford, and uh, Jeff chaperoned the process to be able to, uh, you know, to not crash the site when you have that many visitors coming to, you know, put up a good site that people, is going to be attractive to have a good Super Bowl ad and on and on. So, in that bubble time, we, we wound up getting, again, very lucky. We, had, um, we, we, we were the last company to buy a spot in that Super Bowl, and ABC told us that Super Bowl is not uh, a great, uh, you know, it's not great to be the last advertiser in there because usually it's a lopsided game and people tune out. But we got really lucky. It was the Rams-Titans game that came down to the last play of the game, and uh, – 
according to ABC at the time, it was the highest rated commercial of all time. 150 plus million people um, watched the commercial. And uh, we did a decent job of getting press before, uh, before and leading up to and after. So what happened was basically when the bubble burst, and I think this is, again, something to, you know, as a consideration for anybody who's listening who's in the, you know, domain business of direct marketing, most companies during the bubble had no traffic and no visitors and no revenues to really speak of. Because we did the Super Bowl, we had a million-plus visitors come in within, you know, 24 hours or so of the Super Bowl, and we were able to look at that. We, we were able to look at where they went. And all of the retailers, we were able to show them that when somebody comes into Computer.com, because of the credibility of the name, because they're typing in Computer.com, um, you know, as natural type-in traffic in many cases, it has that credibility. They've, they're, they're coming to Computer.com ahead of making a brand choice like Dell.com or Compact.com. So when they came in, they got educated with our layer of content. When they went into our e-commerce store, they would buy 10% of the time. Right, right. When, when, they, when Siberian Outpost, who was our e-retailer, got uh, traffic from CNET or AOL, um, they would close less than 2% of the time. And I think that's really the message of today is, and that's the power of the generic domain name, is not only do you have credibility, not only do you have people you know, making, you know, coming to you prior to making a brand decision, but if you can then... Underneath that, put a good user experience, put a layer of usable information for them to make decisions. You're helping them to make a. You're causing them in this moment of want of, of desiring something to then um, you know pull the trigger on buying something. Right, and, 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 and that's what it's all about. Ahead. Obviously, when you know, you're when you're either acquiring when you're either acquiring or selling there. these properties, yeah. that's what it's about is to is to make sure that you're converting. Um, the visitor into a into a, you know into into income, so that you're you're having an ROI. I mean, if you, if you spent six million dollars or ten million dollars on a domain name uh, when you're in that kind of position, um, you're going to want to see a return at some point, unless you just have so much money you don't know what to do with. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. Jumping ahead, we then obviously had a few other deals in Telephone.com and CreditCards.com and. Yeah. Now the CreditCards.com uh, was uh, I think the highest sale reported last year for two point. Uh, Seven five million. Is that as correct? As you probably read in the uh, domain name journal article, I you know uh, uh, take issue to the re- uh, the backwards way that people look at the domain name world and uh, that the reported sales are, are, are not even. I could say that it wasn't even in our top three sales last year. Right uh, now, let's let's talk so. a little bit about that because um, um, we're also in the same situation as high end domain brokers moniker is that we can't report you know ten percent of the transactions that actually occur here. But but the real picture here is a lot greater. Than what people see on DN Journal after Nick Sedu and and uh, and so on. Absolutely. Yep. G- give, us, give us a little bit of an idea because now you, you guys are in the thick of it for sure because of the properties that you're both holding and selling. But give us give us some idea of what you estimate this market to be right now. The two there's two things going on. I mean the most private there, there's two kinds of really generic domain name situations that are you know what's called them validators. Um, there's the large branded companies, the Fortune 1000s, et cetera, that have been rapidly exploiting and taking down their category names very quickly and very quietly, and there's hundreds of examples of those. Um, you know, the one I like to give is Baby.com and, and being a primetime ad by Johnson & Johnson as they're 
entire baby and product gateway, uh, and they've been advertising it on The Apprentice and on The Bachelor in prime time. Right. But there are, uh, whether it's a defensive play like Barnes & Noble owning books.com or monster owning jobs.com, or if it's an offensive play like baby.com, and the list goes really on and on and on, and I uh, could pull it up here and, and, and rifle it off, but we could spend the whole time, there's probably 200 I could rifle off. And then there's the internet-only companies that have decided to build a what we call develop on generic properties. Uh, and just in the last 90 days, let's say, 120 days, something like that. You've had AOL buy advertising.com for $435 million cash. You have had eBay buy rent.com and shopping.com for a combined $1.4 billion. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, that, that comes with other things besides domain, but, but the point is, but, uh, is that these are internet only companies that either built on from the originating or from origination or switched, built out someone like a deal time after five years pre IPO shifting. Uh, to shopping.com, and you know, a year later they have the hottest IPO and uh, and are bought out by eBay for six hundred and twenty-five million dollars. Right. And you know, the question that I always ask, and I know some of these CEOs pretty well, is of that six hundred and twenty-five million of that successful IPO, how much value would you place on the shift to the generic uh, or in Hotels.com and Interactive Corp's case is another example. And I can tell you, off the record, conversations are uh, the answers are I can't put a dollar value on it, but uh, clearly, I, I've been told nine figures by one of these CEOs. Right. I mean, the bottom so, line is, if somebody's paying five or six hundred million dollars for one of these one of these domains and the, and the brand, they would never turn around and resell it for that same amount. I mean, no, it's I mean, just the case one, one of eBay buying Rent.com and, like you said, the the Shopping.com uh, uh, scenario. I mean, those are those are long term, hundreds of years down the road brands that will always be here. And yeah. there, and there is no, not a, in, in our opinion, and Art.com is on the heels of uh, being a fairly high-profile winner. Diamond.com is public. These are companies that, uh, and you know, some of the ones I've heard you mention, you know, Wine.com and Match.com, obviously, which is a generic, and Shop. Uh, Shop.com, soon to be, and Cars and Card.com, both Inc. Magazine fastest-growing companies. Uh, you could go down Monster by Military.com. You could really go down the list. Uh, Barry Diller owns realestate.com and hotels.com and um, one more that I'm uh, gifts, uh, gifts.com, which is an interesting one. Gifts.com, Barry Diller bought a couple months ago, and I know that because they outbid us at the 11th hour. Uh, and this is Interactive Corp's first, instead of acquiring a company with paper uh, for hundreds of millions of dollars, this was a grassroots startup. And the first thing they did when they decided they wanted to go into the online gift industry is to go out and buy that name. And they bought it from Reader's Digest, so they bought it from a large company. Right, right, and, right. Uh, so I think the point is, whether it's defensive, offensive, yes, Shopping.com, you know, got bought for ten times revenue and did a hundred something million. But the shift when they went public and all these, com- it's starting to be less of a coincidence when you see company after company built on or shifted, who shifted to a generic domain name, a prime generic domain name, a category name platform, having major, major, major success. Yeah, uh, and, yeah, and, and a lot of it's attributed to the brand that they're creating off of a generic domain name. Correct. Yeah, definitely. And, if you and, and you did mention the books.com play. How that, many Internet-only brands have been made right. uh, uh, that are not generic? I would be willing to say that you might be able to find already in a short time the, you know, the generic number passing that number. Right. There's right. only a handful of Googles and Yahoos and Monsters and Amazons right. and Ebays. 
right, right. Well, that's a that's a very good point. So the market's uh, the market is huge. It's got huge legs. Um, it's got a lot of legs, actually, in my opinion. Even in the bust, when the dot com companies went down. Um, ironically, the last standing assets of many of these companies, and we were involved in a lot of the evaluations and sales of those brands when, when the market was crashing, were their domain names. Yep. So, for instance, eToys, you know, when they went out of business as a $7 yep. billion dollar company, uh, we appraised the property and helped get it sold for $3.4 million. It was the most valuable asset that they had left. And it's yeah, there the are a lot of those example money. It's a good point. You know, Jeff Taylor, who is you know on our board and uh, an investor of in every one of um, our internet real estate groups deals, uh, bought Jobs.com out of bankruptcy for just under a million dollars. You know, a couple a year and a half ago for Monster, uh, the Food T- Food Network on television bought Food.com for 1.1 million out of bankruptcy. Oh, recently, and they're they're going to be relaunching that initiative for their new website. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there are a lot of these, even out of bankruptcy, as you said, the probably the largest asset that got left standing was the domain name. And there, right, right. Yeah, well, we were, we've uh, been selected to... Uh, E-Toys is a great example, but there are obviously others. Yeah, right. And we were uh, selected to, to uh, liquidate the uh, the domain assets, as an example, for um, the Excited Home um, properties. I, I think you guys know that already. But uh, so um, a couple weeks ago, actually, at the end of uh, August, we sold ShoppingCart.com as the first property to kick off that auction. But they own Stuff.com and Home.net and some other big properties and and um, so it is the way that the that the liquidating trust is going to pay off their creditors is from the sale of these domain names from a company that was the the gem of the internet back in '99 and 2000, touching you know 3.4 million dollar homes, and then got caught up in the crash and went down the tubes. Yeah, but well, let's hope so. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, the the other thing I, that I think is really interesting about the generic domains is it's sort of the beauties in the eye of the beholder, and you, you, as a seller. Or as a buyer, I think you want to, um, you know, un- you have to understand that uh, mentality because, you, you know, you, if you try to evaluate something and say, okay, well, this has, uh, you know, six letters and it has um, this much traffic and, you know, hence I'm going to price it like this, it, what Andy and I have been doing instead has been to figure out who in the space it's relevant to, make sure that we get in front of them, and then make our educational presentation about uh, the market and let them decide, is this a defensive play they have to make? Is there some business that they're going into now or in the next couple of years that this fits with? And without necessarily putting a price on it, you might find out that, uh, you know, in the case of Interbrew, if I try to put a price on it and said, oh, I'll, I'll be a genius and try to double my money here, I never would have got the $7 million. Yeah. So it's kind of, you know, listening to what, you know, once I realized that a 1% shift in the beer market was a billion dollars, I said to myself, well, you know, these guys could spend whatever they want to or whatever they need to. So right, I think exactly. And Mike's point is well taken. I mean, hundreds, we have spent hundreds of hundreds upon hundreds of hours and thousands of dollars and continue to on a daily basis educating what I believe are the slowest adapters in many cases. Uh, as, a, as a whole, there are obviously individual situations where that's not the case. The Fortune the, the, the Fortune 1000s, the emerging companies, the pre-IPO companies, on the power of the generic domain name. And that's getting easier as the shopping.coms and the rent.coms happen and the big baby.coms happen. But uh, just to use one analogy, that we have an uh, broke, exclusive brokerage deal on, on jeans.com. 
and having been the point person for that, I'm telling you we are going to buy the name. Okay, that's what's going to happen here, Internet Real Estate Group. Right. Uh, because what's happening, kind of like with Diamonds back way back when, the two largest gene companies in the world, uh, VF Corp., which is the largest uh, uh, public New York Stock Exchange company, owns over 50 brands of genes, and Levi's, struggling, but number two, and now you have hundreds of sub-brands and fashion designer brands, as we know, that's what's happened. it's a $14 billion market. Uh, Vanity VF and Levi's both have never sold a pair of jeans direct to this day to a consumer and don't even have thoughts or plans of how they would ever do that. Uh, scared of cutting off the retailer, scared of going direct, scared of creating a private label. So it's been a major education process of we'd like to buy jeans.com, but we, in the VF court case, what do we do with it? We have no idea. We have no strategy. We can't pay X million dollars if we don't have a strategy. So there's a great example of an opportunity to buy a name uh, develop it. Uh, there's a $14 billion market. Apparel is a big seller on the internet. Jeans are reordered. So we should be able to sell a decent amount of jeans and either through Link Off or actually through a shopping cart or even through our own private label through, uh, with a manufacturer who wants to go direct who we know. And, you know, in the year, two, three years, like diamonds, uh, someone's going to go direct with jeans and uh, it's going to be more than just a branding concept for a VF. And uh, when that day comes, the property is going to be worth exorbitant amounts more than it is today. And hopefully, we'll have built it up and have some great revenue and some great, you know, design, great branding on it and, and traffic and everything else. But that's a great right. analogy because I've been living it. Yeah. <laughs> well, the cool thing about jeans also is that pe- people are buying jeans after they're worn already. <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but, you know, Even if it was a resale site of uh, jeans that have been worn uh, several times by several different people, it would sell. <laughs> Well, to Andy's point, and also I think, you know, if there's anybody that's listening to this show or at Traffic 2005, and we just kind of keep reiterating our point, which is, you know, this is still, a lot of people think, God, you know, these domains are expensive. We're in the, you know, eighth or ninth inning of the game. Uh, But I think, you know, in our estimation, we're in the second inning of the game. And that uh, misunderstanding by people is still the opportunity to buy domains. Um, about 18 months ago, uh, I helped a group of partners in Los Angeles to buy music.com. And um, we're developing that and having quite a bit of success and, you know, have the Sonys of the world and people like that, you know, knocking on the door at this point. And, you know, the funny part about it was, you know, where were they 18 months ago? How could they possibly have let this domain get into, um, you know, some non, you know, Industry. In our hands, basically. Right. Uh, it just absolutely means that we're in the second inning and not the if, third if that. inning. Right. Think, you, you, know, know. you raise a very, very good point because we, we represent the domain name CD.com, you know, and so it, it has multiple meanings also. But these guys are letting this domain name uh, basically, they're, they're, the, the music industry, even though, you know, CDs aren't as popular today as uh, the MP3 stuff, everybody still relates to their music on CDs. And um, this domain name is extremely valuable, and uh, the music companies are just, they just can't figure it out. Even, even the companies that CD represents other things with, of course, the banks and, the, and uh, the certificates of deposits, but even companies like Sendent, where CD is their stock symbol. Yeah. Um, they, just, they just can't figure it out. And yeah. uh, you're right. You, we are in the second inning. 
in, well, in, in, in probably a longer inning game than nine innings. Com to send in. So offline, you can talk to me about that one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I have a pretty strong relationship there. Not really meant for the interview with you. Right, right. But I mean, that's, I'm just giving you, as a, you know, you, what you're saying is absolutely true. We are in like the, only the second inning of, of a much longer game than nine innings, I think. Yeah, and buying, um, and yeah. these these top brands and, and still the, the, the brick-and-mortar world is just now starting to figure out, hey, you know, what are we going to do? You know, where are we going to be in five years? Is everybody going to be doing e-commerce on the web or not? And, and of course they are. <laughs> yeah, and I'd say, you know, the analogy would be, I'm sure when uh, in uh, whatever you want to use, you know, Rodeo Drive or Madison Avenue or Nantucket Island, or it doesn't matter, same, but it, when, when these high-end real estate places were first, when Madison Avenue first came into being developed, and I'm not a history major, so I can't tell you exactly when that was, but I'm sure people thought 10 years after that that whatever someone was paying for real estate on Madison Avenue, they were crazy. And Madison Avenue probably was an you know, incredible investment 10 years ago. Right, so, right. And that was probably 100 years after it was developed. So we are, uh, I sure, would have preferred to be the guys who registered them all for free uh, or for $35. And But if we were, we probably would have not held them up even close to their value and have let them go by now. So uh, it's definitely a great time to be in the buying and developing business uh, of, at least on our end, you know, kind of a little different from the aggregators, the, the primest of prime generic domain name properties and uh, Internet Real Estate Group dot com and Internet Real Estate Group is building a portfolio of the primest properties, and that's what we're out to do. And right. well, the one, where the Four Seasons are the one and only resorts. You know, we're, we feel like we can build as much traffic and revenue on 25 or 30 prime names as someone might be able to do with hundreds of thousands of less prime names. Right. So, so let me get your opinion about um, some of the portfolio purchases that are going on. Obviously, you're well aware of the of the Marchex purchase of the Ultimate Search inventory, and they they purchased that inventory of 80 some odd thousand domain names. As a matter of fact, they were all here at Moniker uh, for 164 million dollars. And there's other venture capital groups, um, you know, such as Highland Capital buying a, a nice chunk of domain names. From buy domains in a in a you know a sixty seventy percent acquisition. Um, what give it, give me your guys' opinion about the fishing net approach that people are using by you know acquiring large portfolios at one time? I mean, obviously the goal is still return on investment. They're making money. They're you know if they're paying seven to ten times, they feel with their negotiating power and their contract negotiation uh, negotiation strength that they can um, quickly uh, reduce that ROI in terms of time and from seven to ten years to you know, three to five because of where they are in the marketplace. What's your opinion about those types of strategies and uh, for both the, you know, listening audience that owns those portfolios and those that are looking to acquire them? I think for Marcy, those, those are our friends and a lot of them, and we have great relationships with them. And there's a tremendous synergy because anyone who acquires a mass portfolio is going to sift out one or two prime generics that are they realize, at least the people we are talking to, are much better off developed and kind of removed from that, Massive portfolio, rather than putting up a call it an overture type CPC or Google type CPC directory. Right. Uh, so you know we're, we're we're allying ourselves pretty closely with one or two of those bigger players, uh, and clearly that makes sense for them and for us as developers of the prime names. Uh, but I think it's interesting. Obviously, it's a traffic game, and I think the risks there's risks in it. I think that we've talked to some of our friends who are doing it about them and. I think there's a risk at two levels. I think there's a risk that 
the consumer starts to get sick of these directory sites and catches on, let's call it. Uh, do, you, do you really think that's realistic, that that's short-term, though? Because there's two, what is there, 2 million people getting on the web every week, um, and there's a lot of novice uh, you know, people going to websites, and direct navigation, the direct type-in domain name, similar to the generic name approach, even in multiple words now, is making up a huge part of the market. Absolutely. And I think the other risk, uh, yeah, I think that's a, a longer-term attrition. I think the other risk is, and we've talked about this with some groups, is you never, and, and, and this is, uh, as Drexel Burnham survivors, Mike and I, we can say this in a, from a different light, because one day, you know, to go from the biggest investment bank in the world to non-existent, or Arthur Anderson, uh, Google and Overture on a dime, if any of either, especially Google, if they decided at some point to shift the way they paid for traffic or how they monetized traffic or how they dealt with this or they realized that they were overpaying for a bunch of bad traffic or something like that, uh, and they changed the model overnight, which is entirely possible, uh, and, you know, the other guys would follow because that's how the world works, then a CPC directory may become, let's just say, a cost per acquisition directory. Uh, or a cost per acquisition model instead of a cost per click model at some level on the payout side, and then it's a pretty big directional shift. So I think there's some we, we think there's some risks to it, um, but obviously. Andy, Andy, let me point out another risk. I think this is you know uh, this is Zappy. I, I I think about some of those large domain purchases, and I think they're. Again, we're in the second inning, so they're stealing these domain names, and their ROI is is excellent. But I think they're really their sweet spot is in sort of this, uh, you know, lower level domain name space where it's you know maybe a thousand to twenty five hundred dollar name that they bought, let's say, in a catalog for a hundred dollars a domain name. So it's a great great return for them. But I think what what can happen is you're focused on volume, and you and you are selling assets that you probably should be sitting on as opposed to selling. Right. It's definitely, it's definitely a risk-reward play. I mean, you're spreading your risk across multiple domain names so that you could liquidate um, to get your money back, and then at the same time, like you're saying, you hold on to the gems or yep. you put the gems in, in professional hands that have had, had experience in you know, selling and monetizing those in other ways. They have such a big portfolio that they'll, they 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 need to sell, or they have you know shareholders who are or, you know public companies. They need to sell a certain amount, and because of that, they're fueling their revenues by selling certain names that uh, you know shouldn't be sold, uh, or maybe not putting quite as much thought into what a domain really should go for. They kind of have a formula, and that formula can be wrong. And I'll give you a couple examples um, because I have bought. Um, from a couple of players like buy domains and people like that, where I bought domains, uh, you know, for um, you know maybe a thousand dollars, two thousand dollars, and and I think the name's worth, you know, uh, I've already you know sort of found people who would pay fifty thousand for the name. So there's these hidden gems in there, not just by taking it because it has traffic, but it doesn't necessarily. But if you can buy it and then you know market it out to the people who might want it or might need it or who are starting to spend money in the space, you can take some of their names that they're selling for a few thousand dollars and turn them around for, you know, six figures. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I agree Marty, with The that. other last point along those lines is by putting up a directory CPC-type site, 
you're going to ma- you're pretty much going to capture your natural type in traffic. Maybe someone can make an argument that you could do some search engine optimization, although I'm not so sure I buy it. So you're playing the pure natural type in game, and obviously in, in million name plus quantity. But you're never at any given name. You're you're just going to cap. That's where you're going to make your money. There's no doubles, triples, or home run potentials. There's no shopping.coms lurking out there, or rent.coms, or or even creditcards.com. Uh, and without going to the next step of actually developing the property, really developing it as a as, as a property and as a business. Now we may develop something here that, and I use the analogy, we'll build a hotel and someone else will buy it, and maybe it's a Fortune 100 company will buy it, and they want to build a set of condos. So they'll tear our hotel down, but we at least validated the value of the real estate, and we had a hotel that produced income. Maybe that's not what the buyer wants to do with it, but we at least did build something, and that doesn't mean someone can't tear something down or restructure it or redo it. So uh, it, it's limiting in some respect. It's just a very different – I can speak from us. It's a very different game than we play and synergistic in some respects. Um, right. Right. Well, you know I what? Think the, there's the there's nice definitely going to be a window of a window. There's a window of time here where obviously uh, there's a handful of companies trying to play in at large and trying to capitalize on it. And I would just wouldn't want to be caught uh, caught with the pants down two years out with 450,000 mediocre or a million mediocre names and a model shift so dramatic that the directory site doesn't pay anymore. Something along that line. Right. Whereas, as Mike likes to say. The music dot coms and the com- uh, computer dot coms and the credit cards dot coms and the chocolate dot coms. We have multiple lives. If we screw up, the f- if we build a house, we should have built the condo. We can build the condo. And if we screw that up and needed to build a hotel, uh, we should then we can tear it down and build a hotel till we get it right, right, without really devaluing the value of the asset. Right. And one 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 may think one may say though that the other strategy works that way as well. If you if you have and I, I'm I'm not I'm just uh, I'm pro both strategies. So so my my comment is just purely for the people that are listening, just to think about two different aspects of this. And we are too, by the way. Right. And, and one may say, hey, that that hundred thousand dollar that hundred thousand domain name purchase, as long as there's a couple years in the game, they make their money back and they got their money back, and then they could tear down and rebuild their strategy also on a couple select names, and they're still winners. Yep. So and it, as long as that return is there and it's bringing back the return on investment that they expected before the big shift in what happens in the Internet, if that ever comes, or, you know, there probably will be changes and shifts, they still win because they now have all that asset. They could, they could liquidate what they don't want to keep anymore, build upon the bright properties that they own, and then make their big home runs that way. Absolutely. Yeah, and definitely. for everybody, you know, if you're going to spend money on advertising, you know, having a two-word generic that's, you know, in the – public mind share, it's just a phenomenal thing to get a better return on your advertising because somebody can remember your dot-com address. Right. I don't, I don't want to knock that at all. I think these companies, you know, should be, everybody should be buying up these domains like we're in the second inning, and I think a lot of people are sitting there saying, well, should I pay this because I think we're in the eighth or ninth inning, and it just, you know, that's, I think, right. what we want to open people's eyes up to. And one other thing I'm going to add, because I haven't heard it yet, is that we actually, in practicing what we preach, we are the name of our, our, or our website, I should say, is internetrealestate.com. Right. So you, you've taken the, the, the virtual property and then applied real estate to it. We which bought is the like, domain name. We paid real money for it. And we, yeah, we're, yeah, it's, uh, right it's, now it's real it's property. It is real estate. Real, real and, site, but that's in the process of being re- revamped, obviously, done well. Right. And, and uh, we are, you know, we're embracing it at every level. I think the the only other point for other people listening and Mike's kind of point about the second inning. 
uh, and even we've even been guilty of this at times, uh, when you really think about it, is in a portfolio of 30 prime names, there is going to be a rent.com or a shopping.com. One of them has the ability to be a $600 million business, uh, and you don't necessarily have to be the guys to get it there. You could get it to $2 million and then bring in a management team, which is something we've done in the past. Uh, so with podcast.com, this caught on real quickly. We got our hands around the names kind of overnight, got lucky. Yeah, that, um, what, that is lucky. Picked them up, podcast and podcasting is to cover a Time Magazine. It's kind of the hot buzzword, but it's the new, it's the, it's the, the new uh, bubble bubble word, right? Uh, and you know whether it's as big as it's being made out to be, the VCs are flying into it. Uh, we've had some pretty serious offers from some brand name companies, and, and this one we said let's not make sh- let's make sure we don't buy the stock at two and sell it at four when it can go to a hundred. Well, we don't want to be greedy. Uh, we brought in one of our board members who's successfully sold a couple companies and was in retirement in his 40s uh, full-time to run this thing, and he's deep into it. And, uh, you know, the, it may be the one that that, that that takes off, and we're pretty confident that in a portfolio of 30, we'll have a couple that turn into significant standalone businesses. Uh, and how you know, how deep we take shop.com, I think, is another example. We own 2.5% of the company. It's owned by Amazon and Bill Gates and Oak Investment Partners, who put $25 million in in February. So, wow, uh, there's a great example there. So, uh, yeah, well, that, that was what that was some of the questions that are popping up in the chat room. Is um, you know, um, obviously you've sold some properties outright. It seems like you now have um, you're still now you're involved in the development and you're keeping pieces. Um, so, so just give us some examples of what those are again. The current um, properties that that you're keeping pieces in now. Uh, some of the questions in the chat room are, "Hey, do, are they running any of their properties now?" And we you are, are like, uh, you, you have involvement in Music.com and some of the others. We sold a lot. You know, we sold a lot in 2004 in the beginning of 05 uh, that we had been developing for a few years. We sold credit cards. We sold shop. Now, why uh, did you sell credit cards? What was that? Why did you sell credit cards? Uh, to be totally blunt. We reached a lot of cash flow out of that business that for three years. We probably sold it too early. But, we definitely uh, sold it too early, that, but we reached we... a lot of cash flow for three years. But we did a lot of things internally to try to get that cash flow up uh, to a new level. Right. And it just didn't happen. And we're Internet Real Estate Group. We're not, cre- we're not a full-time creditcards.com. So uh, that plus what was going on in the government in the subprime space, leaning down, shutting down Providian and shutting down NextCard and shutting down a bunch of these major name companies, uh, and the Internet was all about you know, subprime leads, uh, we decided it was a good time to sell it versus uh, bring in a management team or actually venture capital funded to go that route in that specific space. Right. Because there's going to be a three- to five-year shakeout while the government's in there and they're trying to revamping the amount of bad debt people have in this country, and we just didn't want to ride it out. Uh, but I would I would say we still while well, we got a five x return on our investment we still sold it too early uh, there's no question but it was a strategic decision at the time to focus on other things so uh, we currently own chocolate and chocolates dot com uh, all under a year we own relationship dot com and a sub couple sub sites under that that are doing very well that are uh, specific products that we developed we own shop dot com as we said our piece of that podcast and podcasting. Being developed. All these are you know, uh, we're, we're, we're trying. Our, our our general modus operandi is to develop these properties and to a point that um, you know we sort of get to the top of where we think we can take it revenue wise or brand wise with a sort of recognition that ultimately 
um, you know, there's probably somebody out there because of their size and because of their, uh, you know, their underlying business model that could monetize these properties even better than us. So when we get it to that level, let's say like, um, you know, a diamond.com or creditcards.com or beer.com, or at some point, you, or chocolate.com, you build it to Shop. a certain point, and then, you know, if, I, if you're Visa or you're somebody like that, you have economies of scale to be able to take what we've done and do something at a much bigger level. So for right. us, well, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a, like a simulation of, you know, you're, you're bring, if you're a startup company and you bring it to a certain point, and it's sometimes time to turn over the keys to another management team that can take it to the next level, like going public. Yep. Whether that management team is, in Chop.com's case, a VC-backed group that had a platform that was doing, you know, uh, north of $10 million a year and needed to go to the next level, or it's a uh, Diamond.com, or it's an internal management team like we've done with podcasts. It's actually we're going to keep a larger piece of it and and bring our in our own management team who's going to actually run it under our direction. Uh, so there's all kinds of routes once you hit that point. Right, right. Um, but in the case, but, but that, in those cases, you want to make sure um, you know, like when you turn over the keys to a bigger management team and you go public, you always hold on to some interest in the company so that you always win and don't kick yourself for selling too short. Like I guess the credit card scenario is. Well, I guess I guess a good question to ask, and it's being asked on the forum or on the chat: Would you buy CreditCards.com back today for what you sold it for? Well, what, one, one thing that Andy left out of that was that there were a couple partners within there who had, you know, like like we all have, have their own cash flow needs, have their own agendas, and also uh, I think in that case, uh, the, the the percentage of management of one of the management groups that was doing our search engine optimization and our affiliate stuff. They were deep enough with that that even though I would probably still buy the uh, domain back at the same price or it's probably even increased in value since then, just the time value um, for us personally to be able to take some of those resources that we had in the people and the expertise that we got. Because in, in that case, one thing that we haven't talked about is on the search engine optimization side with credit cards, we personally held the number one ranking for the word credit cards on search on Yahoo for over a year. Wow. Which, you know, we, I, can't tell, I can't even tell you how much we enjoyed going to the, you know, mailbox each day to figure out how much we made on it. But, you know, developing that search engine optimization uh, expertise was uh, something that we were then able to take those resources and apply across a, a, a bunch of sites where, you know, we were, in, in that case, uh, really, uh, at the time, uh, you know, confining it to one area. Right. And hey, I'm, I'm just, not knocking you at all for, no, for no, liquidity. No, no, My answer is we, we have very set criteria now, and I don't want to call it scientific, but, you know, trying to be more and more so of right. how we buy something and what we buy. Right. And I would tell and, you we probably would great, not you know, know what we when sold I before to today. The, were you guys uh, at Traffic West in uh, Las Vegas? No, I well, was not. And well, I don't, Andy, you weren't there either. Yeah, Mark Ostrowski, you know, from IREIT, which is a similar organization that's yep. buying, you know, he, well. he was the keynote speaker there. And, uh, you know, he made it very clear. And I totally agree. It, you, you should always take some money off the table. You, you shouldn't hold on to portfolios long term for the same reasons why you just explained um, uh, about holding large portfolios. Something can happen in the market, and then, and then everything changes. It's not only that. I mean, I think, I, again, we have criteria, and part of that is buying real smart and buying low. And 
and whether we sold, I, I think we sold credit cards low in the spectrum of where yeah, it's already still, been taken by the owner two, where it can go. You still got two point seven five million low, dollars for a domain mean, name, but we'd be buying it high at this point, and I think that. Uh, yeah, we'll be we'll be releasing in the in the coming months here um, as Internet Real Estate Group. We have locked up a handful of absolutely world class prime domain names at absolutely incredible prices. Uh, and uh, been, uh, when we're in a position one by one to say we own them, uh, I think people will realize uh, we're making some pretty strong buys. And uh, can't talk about any of them until they until they're ready to be talked about, but there, and in some cases, there'll be no price discussion because we're buying them from large companies. But yeah. uh, they're, they're, we're still out buying things at pennies on the dollar, and that's obviously always part of our goal. I don't think buying credit cards for what we sold it for, and I don't think the guys who bought it would even say it was pennies on the dollar, uh, but I do believe they should be able to grow it into a, you know, certainly a bigger business than what we sold it for, but that's not necessarily what we're looking to buy. So uh, we sold it early, but I don't know if we pay what we buy what we sold it for. If that makes sense, right? And and like I said, hey, uh, uh, you got two point seven five million dollars for a domain name. That's a you know the the key is is that you, 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 whether it was five times, three times, five times, ten times, whatever it is, it's okay to take some money off the table and sell it because now you've reinvested that obviously into some valuable properties. You're, and you it sounds like you're really developing some of these industry in the space. Yeah, and you, and you're really developing some of these key brands now. I mean, like the music dot com situation what a what a big win that's going to be yeah. um, you know stuff like that is going to really pay off in the future and i assume well maybe you can answer this for me you're going to you're now going to keep some interest whenever you do these sales in the future or um, you know when it's time to turn over the the, the the keys to the next to the next company to take it to the next level you're probably now going to hold on to some of the pieces now uh, i i think we'd say this by forming internet real estate group um, we believe really we're in a position for the first time to create an entity where the sum might be worth more than the parts, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, it totally makes sense. So I think that while we're always open to an exit that provides a tremendous return on investment, uh, we're in the we're we're in the buy and build game right now to build a portfolio of twenty, thirty, forty prime names. Uh, excuse me, and uh, uh, build a twenty or thirty or forty prime names that we create traffic and revenue and brand value for. And with the intent of probably being able to sell into the real estate group if we ever sold anything, I'm sure we'll sell a few individuals along the way. Right. So we're probably more in buy and build and develop mode than we are in anything else at this point because this is the first time market-wise and uh, track record-wise and where we're at that we actually think we can build a an entity that, again, the sum is worth maybe more than the parts individually. Right. Now, now let me ask, uh, when you're buying the real estate today, are you allowing, like you did with Beer.com, um, sellers to keep a piece of the pie so that they win as well and stay motivated to, you know, you know, deal look into deal. the future a little bit. Deal by deal. We're, we're, yeah. open, to, yeah. we're open to that structurally and deal by deal, situation by situation. Some sellers don't want it. Some do. You know, it's uh, uh, each, each property, like anything, you know, whether you're buying malls or hotels or, or domain name prop, virtual real estate, each property owner has, uh, and group has different 
uh, goals in life, and uh, we're flexible. We're flexible, and they have the ability to be flexible in, in negotiating a deal. Yeah, definitely. And I, well, let me add something, Monty. I think at this point, our our reputation for being able to build these properties is is also helping us because somebody's you know willing to maybe take less cash and take some equity because they've seen the level that we've been able to either build some of these things to, or they've looked at our you know broad relationships with the Fortune 1000s and our techniques for being able to speak to these top CEOs. So, you know, I think we've sort of created a bit of our own luck by being able to, where some people just have to pay the, you know, it comes down to dollars and cents. We could be bidding against somebody, you know, who says, I'll give you $3 million for that domain name. And we say, well, we'll give you, you know, a million and we'll give you some equity in the deal. And the person says, you know, does the calculation and says, I'd rather be involved with internetrealestate.com, maybe own a piece of that or own my pro- a piece of my property and take less money up front right now, but not miss the big window. Right, right, right. I agree. I agree it's with a that. good time for all of us. So, so before we wind up here, um, one of the things I like to do uh, during each show is to help the listening audience and the folks in the chat um, pick up a couple tips that help them do better at what they do on the web, and that is to turn their online identities into something valuable and and perhaps you know be in a position to either sell or buy, and and uh, maybe even to you guys or partner with you guys as well. But um, if there's some you know some some hard learned experiences, some things to to do and not to do um, that can help everybody that's listening. Give me a couple points from each of you that uh, you feel would help the listening audience, you know, be better at the online businesses that that they do. Whether it's whether it's you know buying and selling domain names or developing their brands and so on and so forth. I, th- I one thing that I talk about, and I think this is important for you know whether it's search engine optimization, whether it's creating real value. Ultimately, the way that you create value is to create you know something that's valuable to the user. So adding content, creating good content, creating partnerships for content, bringing in people that have resources that you don't have to make your property that much more well-rounded. Mm-hmm. I think at the end of the day, you're going to wind up getting the, the search engine optimization because you have good content, you have links from other good people, and you're going to wind up getting good traffic. And when they come to your site, they're going to have a good experience. They're then going to feel comfortable to buy. And I, I make this analogy because Andy and I did a program for the Grateful Dead, um, a shopping show that wound up on VH1. And um, the, the, the kind of core idea there was the Grateful Dead did not want to be selling anything to that audience. They didn't want to appear to be selling. But we all realized, us and the Grateful Dead, that if you provide somebody with a really good experience and a great show and something that they're into, if you then offer them something relevant to buy, they're not going to be offended. They're going to be excited. So if you put a Grateful Dead show on or if you put a, a site like music.com up, uh, if you're you know, then going to try to sell Herbal Viagra, you're probably going to butt up against that user experience. But if instead let's say music.com being the case, if you can create a strong community, a useful tool for be, people to be able to find music and you know, interact with people who are, who are into the same kind of music as they are, you're creating an environment where sales naturally happen in a, in a good way, right. where word of mouth happens um, you know, naturally. And I think when you create something like that, that's when the Fortune 1000 or somebody who's big in that space or wants to be big in that space says, I will pay a premium 
for that domain name and that business. Right. I agree. I agree with that. What, what yeah. else? Any other um, helpful hints? I would say the only thing I would add is, you know, it's um, people were flying high in the 96 to 94 to 99, 2000 phrase, and then everybody went too low, quite frankly, uh, much lower than they needed to be, which created opportunity for those of us who stayed around. And now we're heading back up where it's a little bit more grounded, a little more realistic. People figured it out a little bit, um, and people are starting to feel good again. Uh, but it is still, and if you go back in history and look at new industries, cable yep. television or other, even television as a whole, the radio, the evolution of industries, we're, it's still in the earliest of early, maybe not even in the first inning, if you really want to look at it from a baseball analogy. Right, you're right. Of, we are of, in pure evolution. Uh, we're internet. pure evolution of I mean, a developing market. The commercial Internet is, uh, depending who you want to ask, what, seven years, eight years old? I mean, the gap, I don't think, had a website until, what, 99? Yeah. <laughs> so six, seven, eight years old. I, and what, it, and, it, and it, radio it, is 50 years old. Plus some. And so for entrepreneur type out there trying to make hay, and that's why I was saying about not selling early, it is really, it's so early we can buy these generic domain names still at great prices. And it's so early that people should focus on maybe crawling before they, and walking before they run sometimes. And staying, focus on staying in the game, selling product to the low-hanging fruit, do the natural traffic, take the search engine optimization first before they worry about uh, going on television or doing offline media. And just realizing that the Internet is, like anything else, cable TV, and it's from 1970-whatever. Uh, look at what that was compared to what it is even today. Uh, and it's what's the Internet going to be like in 20, 30, 40 years? And the answer is... A whole lot different than it is today, and we are not even in the first. When we say we're in the second inning of the domain name game, I don't buy it. I don't think we're in the first inning of it. I don't think the the real game has started yet. And it's the internet's now shook everybody out and starting to mature, and the big companies are starting to really make their play and doing it smartly. And they they ran away from the gold rush, and now they've kind of survived and figuring it out. But uh, we're early, and anyone who's in this space should be lucky and realize they're early and, and not lose sight of that. That would be my only kind of. Yeah, yeah, that is that is really so true. When you really when you put this in perspective, it is uh, we're at the very beginning stages of uh, we're in the infancy of a of a of an uh, an entire market segment here, and um, and that grows when people come together like you guys and and we all come together as an industry and we help advance an industry by all working together and uh, it gives it a lot more legs and turns it into something that uh, we obviously see that's coming. It's going to be huge, billions and billions and billions of dollars. Uh, um, you know, just the just the thought of what we're going to be doing in five and ten years, holding PDAs and doing our shopping, looking at stuff on our cell phones and everything in a much more easy manner, looking at 3D images and basically seeing your friends in front of you while you're doing telephone calls, and not just on, on webcams and stuff, but probably 3D images and, and, and all the stuff that's going to Who knows, on. but it's early. Yeah, it's early. Really well. uh, by the way, say, uh, thank you for having us. This is a great show. Yeah, I want to tell you how much I appreciate you guys know. taking the time to be on the show. This is a, um, you know, this this is just a perfect example. Is this show, this network that we're on, is uh, is something that's at in its infancy. Also, this uh, domain master show and the webmaster 
uh, radio.fm network has shows yeah, all like this that are helping people like you and me um, um, and their listening audiences be better at what they do every day on the web. So it's a, it's a kick-ass network, and, uh, and we appreciate the opportunity to have folks like you guys on. And Excellent. you clearly are innovators and uh, entrepreneurs in our industry, and I look forward to seeing you at Traffic uh, East in Delray. Uh, can I throw out Likewise. one? I know a lot of domainers have been, uh, been focusing on the boards and Rick's, uh, the traffic board and helping Katrina's situation. If I could throw out a personal pitch, I actually found an individual family in, uh, uh, who lost everything, and they're just great people. And I did a lot of due diligence and reference checks on them, and there's three kids and a father and a mother and a mother-in-law, and they lost everything but $500, and I'm... Uh, I'm very close to landing them a job, and I'm trying to get them a year of housing. So uh, my, I'm sure my email will be somewhere accessible by anyone listening to this. If anybody has interest in helping that family, uh, checks are being made directly to the family through me. Uh, if that's okay, my oh, no, no, that's this, okay. But, fact, uh, put up, put up your. Um, um, tell me your information on the air, and I'll post it on the chat for that and for your site in case people want to submit names for consideration and that kind of so stuff. The website is internetrealestate.com. Okay. And we'll be switching to that email soon, but right now it's um, you can use the Deal Jam email, a, a. Miller, a m i l l e r at dealjam dot com, uh, and we'll both have Mike and I will both have internet real estate emails. We'll update you with imminently. Okay, great. And as far as helping, uh, this man's name is Floyd Stevenson, and he's just one family. And I decided I wanted to help one family. So if anybody has an interest in helping one family that really needs it, that are really good, good people, and checked out and hardworking people who've lost it all, uh, you know, um, it, whatever whatever helps. Everything helps. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Well, we appreciate it. And, again, I appreciate your time. Look forward to seeing you and meeting you in person uh, in uh, Delray in October, and I'm sure we'll be talking before then. <laughs> yeah, thank you very much. Okay, thank you, you very it. much. Bye-bye. Okay, take care. All right, folks. Well, what a what a great uh, show tonight. Uh, apologize we ran over, but uh, very good content. And I hope that everybody that was listening uh, picked up uh, a few good pointers. Um, uh, both Andrew and uh, uh, Mike are are definitely uh, well known in the industry, um, and they um, they have a lot of experience with the properties that they've owned and uh, sold. And regardless of everybody's opinion, it's um, um, on selling too early or whatever. They obviously are figuring out the right recipe, and they have some kick-ass properties uh, on the net. So I look forward to hearing them speak. They're the keynote speakers at the Traffic uh, uh, E-Show coming up in October. Um, if anybody's interested, I think the show's almost sold out, but if everybody's, anybody's interested in, in, in finding out more about the agenda of that show or attending, go to targetedtraffic.com, and you'll see the agenda. I'm on a panel on a couple panels. We're doing a live domain auction. It was just announced today with a live auctioneer, and we'll start to see some of those values come out in a live environment with a real live auctioneer in a Christie's, Sotheby's-type format. It's going to be really cool and fun and uh, there'll be buying and selling going on on the floor and a lot of great content at that show and the other shows that are scheduled uh, on the docket this year as well. So uh, with that said, I'll let everyone go. Uh, thanks for listening this week. If you have any feedback, please uh, email me at Monte, M-O-N-T-E, at Moniker.com. Uh, archives are up on our website at Moniker.com and also on this network, webmasterradio.fm. Uh, please check out the other shows that are on the network. There's some great shows that can help everyone out in their business every day. I will be back, same time, same place, next week with another great guest or two. Uh, be the master of your domain. Take care.